0: This is a QNR. and r so the questions have been submitted. Um, the brothers will respond. Uh, but we really are looking to the Lord to be the unique answer. And so, um, anyway, yes, Lord, be our answer tonight. So, uh, uh, to, to, uh, tonight, we have brother Ken Mooney, who's joining us from uh, Munich, uh, Germany. And then also brother Mark Ruda, who is also joining us uh, from Munich, Germany. And then brother Peter Welk, who is joining us uh, once again from the Northwest, uh, Spokane, right? Spokane, yeah. Washington. Yeah. Um, although you, although n- normally he can be found in Ukraine. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then so Yemi and and I will be uh, helping to ask the questions tonight. And so uh, Yemi, I uh, turn it over to you. Amen. Thanks. Okay,
1: thanks Nathaniel. So we're gonna go on to the first question now and this first question goes to brother Peter. And the question goes on as follows. I have a really close friend who is in high school, and I talked to her about God. And one day we talked about him coming back, that the end is near. And I think that kind of scares her. What should I do? How can I tell her that this is not scary, and actually that this is good? Question goes to Brother Peter.
2: Now, as as we were considering uh, how to answer this question, you know, we, uh, well, you know, the Lord's coming is very much a part of the gospel. And I think the first one who needs to hear this gospel is, is us, you know, we have to have a genuine uh, revelation and uh, realization. The Lord is coming. Uh, the Lord is coming, and the Lord is, uh, he wants to end this age. And um, and there's an entire uh, gospel related to the promises of the Lord's coming and the promises of what uh, will transpire when he establishes his kingdom on this earth. And... And uh, we got into Isaiah uh, chapter 11, which which it prophesies uh, about the condition uh, in in the Lord's uh, in the Lord's coming kingdom, where uh, you know it says He will judge the poor in righteousness. You know, I mean, there's so many problems today with, uh, you know, and I live in Ukraine and oh my goodness, you know, the, the whole country is just controlled by oligarchs who feed themselves and impoverish the rest of the country. Brothers and sisters, here's a gospel. The Lord is coming and he will judge the poor in righteousness. He will will decide with equity for uh, for the afflicted of the land. Do you know how much of the discussion in America today is about equity? That everything should be equal? Well, here's the gospel. There is no equity. And there will be no equity until the Lord establishes, when he comes back, his promise, he will decide with equity for the afflicted of the land. Isn't that good? And then he will strike the land with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked, which means this is his word. His word becomes the sword that will deal with the wicked people. Then it says, The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the kid, and the calf. Oh, come on, really? Yes, really. And the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and the young boy will lead them about, and the cow will 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 graze and their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox and the nursing child will play by the cobra's hole and upon the viper's den the wean child will stretch out his hand and they will not harm or destroy in all my holy mountain For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of Jehovah as the waters cover the sea. I I think we need to memorize this verse, man. Uh, And and just look at, just tell your friend, man, this is is what's coming. This is the new administration. The new administration is going to bring in this kind of a kingdom, man. He's coming back. And he's going to solve all the problems that we are seeing in the world today. In Revelation, uh, uh, I believe it's 21. uh, uh, He says that when he comes, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. uh, and, And there will be no more suffering the end of suffering is the Lord's second coming. Is that isn't that amazing? What a gospel, man! That's what we need to tell people. I just, what, what do you think, brothers?
3: Yes, yes, uh, this is the gospel. I mean, you know, uh, considering the question, uh, the person that posted this. It seems like they have the ground. Uh, This is a close friend of theirs. Uh, They have the ground to open this matter up and say, uh, yeah, it it can be scary, but you know what? You can can be uh, part of those that welcome him back, that usher in this change of administration. And this is a fundamental change that no other administration on the earth can come close to. Uh, there's no reason to be scared, but rather, even to echo what, uh, what the Apostle John says in the last book in Revelation. The Lord says, I come quickly. And the Apostle John says, Amen, Lord, Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Uh, so this is this is an opportunity for this person uh, to say those very words too after receiving the Lord. Uh, so this is this is uh, this is a real gateway for the gospel.
4: Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> a real. A real gateway for the gospel. I think it's great to have this type of relationship with this person. And, you know, the uh, upcoming university conference, the topic is the kingdom of the son of his love. So we just need to help, you just need to help this person realize the Lord, Lord's nature is a nature of love. His kingdom is a kingdom of love. And you know, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So to help this person realize that the Lord's coming it should be a coming for those who love him and those that he loves. Okay. So it is easy to help her realize, or him, or, his or her, realize how loving the Lord is. Um, in Isaiah 11:4, we may use this verse other ways tonight. But, um, I do them with the cords of a man, with bands of love. And I was like them who, who's, them? I was like to them those who lift off the yoke off their jaws. So the Lord draws us with love. But he doesn't. His intention is not to scare us intention original intention with the nation of israel is that they would feast with him and he, you know he he points out that he wanted to be a wife he wanted them to be his wife and so just to help this one realize that the lord is coming it really should be a pleasant pleasant reception <laughs> two lovers coming together to meet one another—that's that's what the coming of the Lord should be. He's anxious for his bride, and so coming together, the coming together of two, of two lovers. Yeah, Amen.
2: Uh, you know, brothers, uh, I just wanted to mention these uh, verses also in Revelation uh, related to uh, the Lord's coming. Uh, and uh, it says, uh, okay, well, this is related to the redeemed saints and they're enjoying God's care and the lamb's shepherding. And he says, because of this, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits upon the throne will tabernacle over them. This, this uh, people need to know they need a, uh, they need a house and God wants to be their house to tabernacle over them. And they will not hunger anymore, neither will they thirst anymore. And neither will the sun beat upon them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and will guide them to springs of water of life. Amen. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is also related to the promise of the Lord's coming. Now, this promise is for the believers, but there is also the promise uh, to the nations that is, uh, this verse behold the tabernacle of God is with men uh, and what verse is this this is in Revelation uh, let's see um. but anyway brothers yeah i think this is adequate on on this question of uh, how do you all feel
3: well what if peter what do you think if you know i know we're we're approaching it from the person not being saved but what if maybe they got saved a while back and 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 they're and they're scared what would you say to them I mean, let's say this is a, a believer, a young believer. Maybe they received the Lord a few years before and have grown cold towards the Lord. Um, and they're scared. Hearing about his, his imminent coming.
2: Well, it really depends upon the situation. But in general, if this is also part of the gospel. Uh, that uh, that uh, to be received by the Lord, uh, we need to be in Christ in the Ark, um, and that uh, that outside of Christ, that that what we that, that there's already been a judgment upon mankind in general, and that we need a transfer out of the kingdom of Satan and into the kingdom of God. And you need to make a choice. Mm -hmm. You need to make a choice. And what the Lord asks of you to make that transfer is that you believe in him. That's it. Mm -hmm. He asks that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to receive him. And to, to receive him, you need to open to him and you need to pray to him and tell him, okay, Lord Jesus, here I am. I I need you. I, I, I'm asking you to save me and redeem me from my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into me and lead them to contact the Lord directly. And... Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's very good. You know, one time I was preaching the gospel to a psychologist. Uh, and, uh, and the brothers were arguing with her. And she would not believe. She just, you know, you know, no way. I'm not believing. So I told her, I said, okay, how about this? How about let's just pray right now. And we'll just say this. Lord Jesus, I do not believe in you. And she said, okay. And she says, Lord Jesus, I do not believe in you. And then she said, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, what are you doing? (laughs) And she said, hey, hey, something just happened to me. Yeah, let's try it again. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I don't believe in you. And she prayed again. Anyway eventually she just started calling on the Lord and got marvelously saved so you know the main thing is to lead them lead them no matter what just lead them to contact the Lord to pray to the Lord to talk to the Lord about something if they say well I don't believe I don't believe in God well let's talk to God about that okay God I don't believe in you (laughs) just Just the fact that they open their heart and begin to converse with the Lord. The Lord uses that opportunity to dispense himself into their heart many times, many times, so.
0: Thank you, brothers. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one who was afraid of the Lord's coming, so... Yeah, thank you for uh, your responding. Uh, I'll direct this next question now uh, to, to you, uh, Mark. Um, the question is, and just to start, uh, how much should I open up to older brothers about personal and private matters? I'm scared they'll think differently about me. So obviously, I'm scared they'll think differently about me after I open up. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, I think that depends. <clears throat> I I would say yes, yes, certainly. Uh, this is uh, a healthy practice, providing provided that you're opening to the right the right person. Um, and age is not the sole criteria here. You know, just because somebody is older, um, that's, that's not enough. You know, we know that uh, Paul talks about how there's many teachers. You have many teachers, but uh, there's few mothers and fathers as he was. Uh, we need to open up to uh, uh, a mother uh, slash father, and I'm not talking about you know it's got to be a guy or a gal. I'm talking about somebody that that cares for you, somebody that you've uh, uh, received a, a supply from, not not just somebody that. Mm, well, they're in my locality, and they're older, so they're the ones I should open to. No, you've got to be—you've got to be discerning, uh, because you—you you want a mother, you want a father to open to. These are the ones that will care for you, supply you, and cover you, and will not think any less of you. Um, Because in many ways, we've been through the very things that you might be talking about. Uh, So uh, those that you open to should be the ones that would cover you and not turn around and judge you. Uh, But you've got to be uh, wise in who you open up to, for sure.
4: I think that's that's key. That you know, if, especially if it's a sensitive personal matter, um, you, do have had, you should have had already a relationship with this person previously. That you trust them, you know they you know they care about you. You know they they you realize you're not just a project for them. <laughs> that they care about you personally. They care about your growth in life. Growth in the Lord. They care about your future in Christ. Someone that you you're comfortable opening up to. Um, not you know not everybody uh, has the experience, heart, the love, uh, the, the compassion, receive type of fellowship, uh, and and and. and, and Shepherd you, shepherd you back. Um, so I, I think it's just very important to, do, um, pray, pray much. Lord, I feel I need some help. I don't feel I can do this on my own. And, uh, we are in the body, uh, and so we do need, we do need the help from the body, but pray, Lord, who should I, who can I open up to, uh, in this matter and seek, seek the Lord? Seek the Lord about, about this. Uh, if not you, you shouldn't just open up indiscriminately, um, but yet do need we do need to open up our situation in personal matters at times, the ones we can truly trust, and that we realize that they will not think less of us.
3: I mean, this reminds me of an experience I had. uh, I had just um, at this time I was working. uh, I was doing contract work. And uh, uh, the contract was uh, abruptly ended. And uh, I was just crushed, you know, lost, uh, lost, uh, lost my job. And I opened up to somebody about it, you know, another brother. Uh, I was just in despair, and and I opened up to someone, and it was flat. There was no, there was no, there was no response. There was no uh, because I wasn't, I wasn't. Uh, This, this particular, uh, in this case, this was not, uh, a father, uh, that was, that was, uh, exercising a father's care and concern, but I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, discouraged. Uh, I did later on open to someone else, but, uh, after praying and considering who I could open to. So you you do need to be uh, wise as far as how to proceed. And with regard to how much to open, I think that's really uh, up to you. And and it might take, you know, uh, maybe opening up something and then later coming back to that, that same person and maybe opening up some other issues but not all at once to to dump everything at one time but over time yeah just just you know that's just my thoughts there yeah amen yeah as we
4: were
2: discussing this you know we uh we were just remembering brother lee's word to us out of the word of love concerning about, you know, in, in related to following others in the church life, you know, brothers and sisters, the church life is a family life. And in the church life, we should have those who are mothers. There are nourishing mothers, cherishing mothers, and there are exhorting fathers. And (laughs) Paul, I think, I think it's, uh, uh first corinthians 4 he says that you have many guides in christ but not many fathers and 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 so you know there's 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 all kinds of brothers and sisters who will give you advice but um we really need mothers and fathers in the in the church and paul was such a pattern uh of a of a both as a mother as a nourishing mother and as a, as an exhorting father. And, um, uh, you know, he's a person loving the Lord and, and living for the Lord. He he's, he's renouncing his self and, and his natural preference and, 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 ambition. And, and it's, it's interesting in the, in that life study of, uh, of, um, Thessalonians when, when uh, he's talking about this, Uh, he says, you know, that, that, um, you know, Paul considered himself as a nursing mother and he, he had no thought of like, he was a high position or authority or, or anything. He, He just thought him, he was a nursing mother, which is, you know, which is very different from the thought of being in position or leadership. Or, and so, you know, brothers, we need, we need these kind of people in the church life. What kind of rank or dignity or authority belongs to a nursing mother? Her, her dignity is just in nourishing and cherishing her children and in and, and, and taking care of them in a tender way. And so Paul regarded himself like this, as such a, he said that thus yearning over you, we were well pleased to impart to you, not only the gospel of God, but also our own souls. You know, brothers in the church, I know, I know the people who yearn over me, who are genuinely concerned for me. And even they'll tell me like a father, Peter, what are you doing? I'm concerned for you like a father to exhort me. Okay, now let's just address this one thing about about the question uh, of of, uh, if they will think differently of me. And so I told the brothers a story. Uh, when I was a kid, I got in trouble. I was 16 years old. I just got my license. And uh, I was coming home from school. We had these huge station wagons that could fit like 14 people on them, and I had about 10 kids in the car. And I backed up, and I hit an MG midget in the door. And all the kids in the car said, run, Peter, run. So I ran. And, uh, oh, my conscience just bothered me so much for about a week, you know. And about a week later, a policeman came to the door. And uh, so he told my mom all about what happened. And my mom came up and she said, Peter, you know, a policeman came today. And so, oh, man, caught red-handed, you know. And I'm in trouble I'm in big trouble. So uh, I have to go down to the police station and it's either three days in jail or community service or something, you know. So as we're going down to the police station, my dad says to me this, he said, Peter, I want you to know no matter what, you will always be our son. You'll always be our son. We will always, we always stand with you. Mm -hmm. Whoa, (laughs) what was that all about? I mean, you know, you expect to hear like, you idiot. What did you do? No, I'll never forget that. Never. And actually, I've conducted myself with my own children this way. And the father did this in, in Luke 15. That's the way he received. What, what do you think the father thought about the prodigal when he came back? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. No, he was so happy. He was dancing that the prodigal came back. So, brother or sister, if the brothers feel any differently about you, they really, that's their problem. They're not our genuine father, you know. We should be able to open up to one another and to genuinely care for one another and to to uh, to minister and uh, Christ to one another. Uh, we all need to have this kind of openness in the church life. But like the brother said, you know, we shouldn't just open indiscriminately, we should open to a proper person loving the Lord, seeking the Lord, and caring for you. And you know if they care for you or not.
0: Okay. Brothers, can I... That's really helpful, and I just have a quick follow-up to that, which is, you know, especially if you're in a small locality where there may not be many people or many older people anyway any any thoughts on you know because i think everyone wants to find someone who will cherish and nourish like a mother and a father and so would you have any thoughts on how, how do you go about even finding somebody if say in your locality there isn't anyone
3: Well, I would say, you know, just practically speaking, and, you know, and I'm talking about post pandemic, post COVID, I would say blend, blend with uh, the churches around you. And because what's key is that there is some sort of relationship that you've established with that person. Uh, and so, so in order for that to, to come about, you, you, need to, you need to meet them. You need to uh, get to know them, uh, even if they're not in the very same place you're in.
4: Even these days, even during COVID with Zoom, you still get an opportunity to see and get to know ones, um, but there are many uh, small groups with this fellowship and shepherding after conference meetings or uh, churches are blending together in many ways. So you you get an opportunity to um, have that, the two. Get to, they get to know somebody that might you might be comfortable opening up to, even if you can't see them directly. But opening up on on uh, a Zoom channel or, or a WhatsApp channel, uh, but it's it's it definitely definitely more challenging. Um, but it's it's. Uh, you need, I mean, you need,
2: really, if. If they're if they're in a church life,
4: and and there
2: are leading saints or leading brothers in the church there, that should be that should be the place where they can go to fellowship.
4: Yeah, right. If
2: there aren't, there are really no one around. Uh, we're happy to fellowship. We're mm-hmm. happy to. In fact, uh, on this uh, link where you post the questions, there's a there's another link. If you want to have personal fellowship, and 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 you know, uh, that's what we're here for. Uh, so uh, there's there's there should be there's 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 a supply in the body, uh, and uh, you know, we shouldn't be af- afraid to reach out and open up. Amen. You know,
1: yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you brothers, that was, that was comforting. Thanks for the fellowship. Well, we'll go on to this line of uh, this next question here. We'll start with Brother Ken. And the question goes as follows. What is the difference between an experience of Christ and the enjoyment of Christ? I sometimes find that people use both terms indistinguishably and it confuses me. Does one come before the other? Amen, Brother Ken? Amen.
4: We've had some fellowship and consideration um, about this and uh, in the ministry some. Um, Yes, one does come before the other. Uh, Basically, I'm just going to start with Luke 1, 46 and 47. This is Mary speaking. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has exalted in God, my Savior. So when you look at the tenses there, realize Mary's spirit first touched the Lord. Then her soul responded, way of enjoyment. So really, our, our first our, our spirit, and has and, and uh, been mentioned in the ministry multiple times. our Spirit is where we contact the Lord that we enjoy. The enjoyment is in our soul. So our spirit is the is not the organ of enjoyment. Our spirit is where we contact the Lord Jesus all His riches. But then our soul, is where we enjoy His riches, and It's um, very possible that we're looking at enjoyment as a goal. Um, And actually, the goal is to experience Christ. Out of the experience of Christ, there should be a joy resulting in our soul. If we're looking, if we're just looking, Lord, I I want to have enjoyment. Um, that that can be dangerous. Uh, we don't want to we don't want to be looking for a feeling. And a lot of times you might consider enjoyment as an ex, you know an ecstatic, even the, the enjoyment of the Lord, not necessarily an ecstatic high. Occasionally it may be, but normally when uh, you look at Romans six. And you see that the the peace, minds out in the spirit is life and peace, and that peace really is the enjoyment of the Lord. The peace the Lord the Lord brings to our soul when we touch Him in our spirit is is a really a, a a factor of enjoyment. Um, and at times we yes we'll pray, read the Word, we'll have a very sweet time. With joy. joy. Um, and in, I'm just, just going back. I'll give you a couple of places to go. We don't have time to read all of this, but if you go into the book, The Experience of Christ, and you go to chapter 3, sections 2 and 3, It's actually a, a, a title there. It says the difference between the experience and enjoyment of Christ. A very good place to go It uh, points out just this, that experience in our spirit. And, point, and the point, point out there is that oftentimes a child may experience eating a vegetable they don't like. So they experience the eating, but they don't enjoy it. And we can have that situation with the Lord also. Um, eventually uh, we first come into the church life and it's really sweet, really, really very joyful. And maybe we come to the locality and we, we start blending with the saints and everything's full of joy. Then we begin to have a, maybe a problem with the saints. All of a sudden our soul is troubled. So we can't really enjoy the Lord in our soul if our soul is troubled. Our spirit doesn't have a problem with the saints, but our soul does. We begin to lose enjoyment of the Lord in that way, and so that point we need to, we need to look to the Lord. Lord, so and so 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 bothers me. What uh, I bring this to you, what I apply the cross, this this my dislike. This, this person's mannerisms, for instance. Um, that's, then we begin to experience the Lord as the one who's full of love, who can overcome our, our situation and our dislike, maybe, of a, of a person. So oftentimes our ability our lack of ability to enjoy the Lord comes from a problem in our soul. Um, our soul is not right with the Lord. Our soul is not right with the body. Also, become from a problem in our spirit. Maybe our conscience is offended. We're not able to touch the Lord because of an offense in our conscience. Again, we need to take, and take the cleansing blood. John chapter one verses seven to nine. The uh, cycle of life. The result of the cycle of life is joy. So if we have the fellowship of life. And the, just the light and the cleansing that should bring us into the joy of the Lord. Um, Philippians, which I'm just reading a, a sub point here, is a book not only on, the, only on the experience of Christ, but also on the enjoyment of Christ. So in the book of Philippians, which is very much on the experience of Christ, the word rejoice is used about a dozen times. Or joy used about six times. So joy and rejoicing really are a matter of enjoyment. So if we're right with the Lord, if we're right with the saints, then we'll have joy in our Christian experience. But again, our goal is not to seek rejoicing, our goal is not to seek enjoyment. Our goal is to seek and know Christ. Paul talked again and again. I pursue Christ. Pursue him to know him, mm-hmm. want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Mm-hmm. And so, oftentimes, we will know the Lord in the, in the matter of his his sufferings and our sufferings in the body. And ultimately, um, a proper Christian experience definitely has the element of joy. It shouldn't be our focus. It shouldn't be our goal. I know at times in my, my Christian life, um, times I, there's, there's definitely been periods of joy in the Lord, joy in the church life. And for some reason, um, it seems to subside. <laughs> and uh, really, a lot of times, that's the Lord taking us on another step. We may have been uncomfortable about enjoying the Lord in a certain way. Maybe we would like to sing songs, hymns in the morning in a certain way. the Lord said, that's really great. Now I want to take you on to another experience of by, of join me by reading the word. Or join me by calling on my name. Or maybe we call on the Lord and that's so sweet to us and then it eventually becomes not so sweet. Lord say, well that's good but I want to, you, I, have, I have further experiences for you. So the, uh, In the Song of Songs, went through many stages, and at one point, you know, she's loving the Lord, and all of a sudden, He's out on the mountain dancing, and uh, she had to go to, she had to have a conversation with the Lord. And and honestly, in these times, and I've had many of them. You remember leaning up against a car one time, leaning against a wall another time, to say, Lord, what is going on? Why? Where? What happened? Why, why, why do I not seem to have desire to pursue you all of a sudden? Why does my Christian life seem dry? Um, it's these times the Lord comes to us. It's these times he takes us on to a fresher relationship with him. But it's important we have a vision that keeps us. Vision that we're here for God's economy, here for the purpose of the Lord. And that vision is more important than our feelings. Mm-hmm. So if, we have, if, we're, if we're living according to our feelings, our feelings Lord will, not, Lord will not allow us to live by our feelings. He will, he, will ta- he will be faithful to take our feelings away. He's faithful in many things. One of them is to take our feelings away if we're living by our feelings seeking only for feeling so we need to learn to live by faith by the word by the vision and many times uh, you know in in uh, isaiah and i'll stop here a momentarily um, Talks about the, the the still small voice first Kings, sorry first kings 19 11 to 13 the still small voice sometimes we're looking you know the For the fire, the earthquake, the wind, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden that enjoyment of the Lord is just a still small voice. We need to learn still small voice. Don't don't seek for the enjoyment. It's not our goal. The experience of Christ is our goal. Mm -hmm. And He will come to us with the still small voice. He will, He will bring us into many, many new experiences. Day by day, as we as we allow Him on our journey with Him.
2: I think you know uh, when Brother Lee addressed this matter of the difference between experiencing Christ and uh, the and uh, joining Christ, he used the uh, example of food. I mean. I may be eating and experiencing food, but whether I'm enjoying it or not is another thing altogether. Uh, You know, when I was a kid, mom used to, you know, make me eat peas and I experienced peas, but I did not enjoy peas. Um, And so I think that our experience of crisis is in the same way. Sometimes we have many experiences. Of the Lord, genuine experiences of the Lord where enjoyment is not involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think recently I, 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 uh, I did something bad and uh, boy did I feel bad. I did not enjoy it at all. And I had to turn to the Lord and I had to admit and acknowledge my sin and And that was not enjoyable. Uh, But as I began to confess my sin and just say, Lord, I have no justification. I am guilty as charged. And please forgive me. And please cleanse me with your precious blood. Well, then something began to Touch me. I begin to experience the washing, and enjoy the washing of the precious blood, and I begin to enjoy the Lord's love for me. You know, actually, you know, and there's a there's a footnote in the end of Titus chapter four, and it talks about faith. As a, as a it's the footnote is on the word faith. And faith and love, and of course, we have this song, you know, I, I don't know how it goes. It goes, uh, um, faith and love are two inseparable, excellent virtues of the believers in Christ, you know, that that song. Okay, uh, anyway, he says this. He says, uh, he says, um, Faith is for appreciating and substantiating and receiving the unlimited riches of the tribe God. Now listen to this. Love, love is for experiencing, enjoying and living out the immeasurable rich triumphant God. And, you know, in my experience, man, if I'm not, lo- if I'm not loving the Lord and, and I'm not experiencing his love. I'm not enjoying much, you know. So these days, you know, the ministry and all the stuff we've been reading, you know, several times this, the, you know, the brothers have been leading us to pray this way. Lord, in these days, rekindle my love for you.
4: Amen.
2: I just want to love you. I want to be a crazy lover of Jesus. And for this, you have to, I mean, I, I, you know, I began to love the Lord, not with some love of mind, but because he poured his love out into my heart. And as I grow in the Lord and continue, it's the same thing happening. He's, as I open to him and talk with him and fellowship with him and his word and, 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 you know and fellowship anyway he's just pouring his love out and my love is growing and my enjoyment is growing so yeah anyway i think to enjoy the lord like love is a very very key thing so how about this how about this just be simple just exercise this way lord jesus i love you amen lord jesus i love you Amen. and i don't care if you feel like you love them or not just say lord jesus i love you and i'll tell you and this you know I, I, I you know when i was in college i heard this and you know i loved so many things other than the lord i did you know and so when Brother Lee told us all we need to say is lord jesus i love you I said, okay, I'll try. So I did. I said, Lord Jesus, I love you. And then Satan would come. What are you talking about? You don't love the Lord. You love this and you love that. And I got stuck for a while. But eventually I realized, oh, loving the Lord is my choice. So when Satan would show up again with his accusations, I would just say, Satan, listen to me this is my choice. I choose to love the Lord. Now, Satan, listen to this. Lord Jesus, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, I started out with no feeling at all, zero. I just had to speak those words in faith. And guess what? After a period of time, I don't know how long, I found out, whoa, I really do love the Lord. I I have the feeling I I love him I love I I love him he's real to me and yeah so I feel like that 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 uh example of food is a very good example of the difference between experiencing Christ and enjoying Christ. By the way I love food. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too much
0: <clears throat> me too um well actually uh brother mark do you did you want to jump in if, if you want yeah otherwise we can go
3: no no ahead. no just uh, just you know just to uh to recap i mean we can have genuine experiences of christ but no enjoyment um and it, we really should go after experiencing this one uh, that we love uh and and the enjoyment will follow yeah perhaps yes, perhaps not
0: <laughs> amen amen thank you brothers uh actually we've got a few questions that are somewhat related so i'll um And I'll direct this next one uh, to you, to you, Brother Peter. Um, So the question is, what should I do when I have lost the enjoyment of God? I've been trying to seek and get closer again to the Lord continually for the last couple of months. But I keep having unbelieving thoughts and doubt. If God is real, why isn't he allowing me to enjoy him? Have I allowed the enemy too much into my head? Yeah, my goodness. Uh,
1: You know,
2: I just, I just uh, like to say, first of all, uh, uh, to this person, you are not alone. Uh, There are many, many have come to me uh, uh, with this kind of, uh experience where you know they they seem to be they want to they want to draw near to the lord they want to open to the lord and they they do some things uh they they do what they know how to do call on the lord pray this way pray that way and it seems like the heavens are just silent you know and and um you know, it, there's there. It's just so multifaceted. What I mean, what could be uh, causing your frustration of contacting the Lord? It, it, it's it's really, uh, it, it's really, um, it's really hard to say why. But I will say this, you know, brother or sister, uh, huh? Our faith is so crucial, and faith is 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 really not based upon our feeling. We need to lay hold of the word of what the Word of God tells us. And we need to choose to to believe it. First of all, you need to be you need to tell the devil and the dissent the 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 doubting thoughts. Just talk to him like this. Satan, I am a believer because I choose to be a believer. I believe in God. And the Bible tells me that it's only by this kind of faith that God is pleased with me. I believe this God is pleased with me and he rewards those who seek him out okay uh, um, then you know uh, I don't know uh, if, if there seems to be a lot of saints who are very very um, Okay, I'll just tell you a little experience. Recently, my, my you know my kids went to this Christian school in uh, in Kiev, and we have so many of Christian friends, you know, kids, and uh, and they, uh, you know, I, brothers and sisters. I mean, they they're Christians. They believe in the Lord, but they don't know anything about subjectively experiencing Christ at all. So when my kids say, uh, you know, uh, I just love the Lord, they say, well, what are you talking about? You just love the Lord. I, I don't know what you're talking about. How do you love the Lord? And uh, and so they recently began a whole meeting with these folks. And uh, the first meeting they, they, they talked about they wanted. To, we just left it up to them. What do, what do you guys want to talk about? They said, "Well, we'll not talk about money." And so they started talking about money. And what they were interested in is what they should do as Christians uh, with their money. Should they give 10 percent? Should they give 100 percent? You know what? Anyway, they're looking for something to do they're not the, the object is not the person they haven't touched the person and a lot of times i just feel like when we're talking with the saints and they're talking about whoa exercising my spirit it doesn't work you know and uh, it's almost like okay yeah I maybe i'm jumping ahead here to another question but you know uh well, let's, let's just take for this this uh This phrase, exercise the spirit. Unfortunately, I feel like this is kind of a cliche among us, exercise the spirit. But the fact is we have a spirit. Here's the fact. We have a spirit. I believe I have a spirit. It's part of me. And I have a sovereign will. I can use my spirit whenever I want to use my spirit. Here's another point of truth. The Lord Jesus is with my spirit. That's a fact. I believe this. He is in my spirit. So if I want to contact the Lord, I can just come to my spirit. I can begin to pray. I can begin to talk to him. But I feel like when we use this term exercise of spirit, you know, it's like we we're we're, we're focusing on like our spirit. And the exercise of the spirit is like a plate and knife and fork. It's the tools, but the focus is not the tools. The focus is the food. You need to eat the food. And so the focus is not to exercise your spirit. The focus is the Lord himself. The Lord is real. The Lord is living. The Lord rose from the dead on the third day. He's living. He's living in me. So feeling or no, I just talk to him. Lord, here I am. I don't have any feeling, but I believe in you. And I believe you are real. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I believe your word. I believe in your death, that through your death, you accomplished redemption for me. And I believe right now, your blood is working, and I am standing justified before God. I believe this. Whether I feel it or not, I believe this. And I believe you resurrected from the dead. And I believe you imparted yourself into me. And I believe that I am one spirit with you. And just talk to the Lord like this. Just talk to him. Just talk. And don't be so complicated. And the object is him. It's not doing something or, you know, calling on the Lord as a, as a, the object of calling on the Lord is him. The object of, of prayer reading the word, it's him. All of these things are just empty without him and contacting him. So, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not answering this question very well you know honestly I know I'm not but the fact is brothers I mean I know I've been years I've we've all experienced this years of kind of lose I listen man I lost the Lord's presence like three months after I got saved you know, I got dynamically saved and all the joy and the peace and the enjoyment. And then after three months, man, it was gone. And and I had no knowledge of the truth, no knowledge of my spirit. I didn't read the word. And uh, I started asking everybody, how do you get back? How, how do I get back with the Lord? And, oh man, did I get all kinds of, you need to pray in tongues. That's it, you need to pray in tongues. I said, okay so I started praying in tongues, you know, all this kind of stuff, and then, oh, you need to fast and pray, and so whatever I did, it didn't work, it didn't work, listen, I was without the Lord's presence for about four years, and I was like a blind man in a dark room, and sometimes my, light, my, my hand would accidentally hit the light switch and, and the lights would go on. I'd say, oh, Lord, you're real. Here you are again. Oh, how do I hold on to this? Oh, I just oh, oh, I want to hold on to this. And then I'd lose it again, you know, because I thought the Holy Spirit came upon me and then he would leave me and then come upon me. It wasn't until I met the brothers in college that they drew the three circles and t- showed me out to spirit. Then on the day of my salvation, the Lord came into my spirit. And there he is. And that's his address. And now if you want to go visit him, you need to go to your spirit. I said, oh, wow. Okay. So started to do that. And begin to experience the Lord. And even after I had knowledge of my spirit and knowledge... I mean, I lost the Lord's presence for a a period of time. I did. But I just kept coming forward, coming forward to the Lord, talking to the Lord, telling the Lord about my condition. Lord, I want to get back to you. You know, the first prayer I prayed when I got saved, I prayed this. Lord, look at all these people. They're all enjoying something. Well, I want to enjoy what they're enjoying. That's it. I just said, Lord, I, I, if, if if this is real, I want to know you. Okay. Why don't you, you just tell the Lord and say, Lord, I'm without you. I, I don't have anything. I, I want to enjoy you. Bring, bring me back into the enjoyment of yourself, you know, and just realize this is God's will. God's will for you is that you would enjoy Christ. Amen. You know. I love that verse in Ephesians. What does it say? He says, uh, 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 whom God willed, God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory. If, of, is it something like that. Of his inheritance in the saints. How about that? It's God's will that you would know experientially the riches of Christ. That's his will. That's what he wants. God wants that. So never doubt his will for you. You know, well, why doesn't God allow me to enjoy him? Hey, don't take any lies from the devil. God's will is not that to deprive you from the enjoyment of Christ. Never. Now, sometimes we got problems. We got sin. We got blockages in our soul. That just We just get rid of that by turning to the Lord, coming to the Lord. He who comes to me. You know, what does he say? I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall by no means ever hunger. He who believes in me shall by no means ever thirst. I believe that. I believe that. And I receive that word. And I'm coming, Lord Jesus, right now. Now you said that if I come to you, I would by no means hunger. Lord, I am hungry. I'm hungry. You need to fulfill your word. And Lord, I'm thirsty. So I believe in you. He who believes in me shall never thirst. I thought, what's that John John 6 something? 35, I think,
1: yeah. Brother Peter, well, I think maybe we'll go on to the next question now, which is actually in the same vein as, as that last question um, with the response from Brother Peter. This next question, perhaps we'll start with Brother Mark goes this way. Practically, how do you exercise your spirit? I've grown up in the church life and hear that as a prescription to my everyday problems that I have been through from secondary school to university, but I'm not sure if, if I even know how to exercise my spirit. There are times where I feel happy and peaceful when I call on the Lord or pray read but it doesn't work all the time. I'm not sure if I know how to exercise my spirit or if I'm doing it right. So brother Mark, perhaps you can take this on, amen.
3: Well, um, you know, it's not about, and like, like, like Peter was saying, it's not about a technique. It's about coming to a person and, um, you know, to talk about or focus on how I do it. How do I exercise my spirit? How, how do I come? How do, how do I initiate a dialogue with someone? How do I come to the Lord? The Lord has made himself available to us. Whether I spend 10 minutes doing Singing and then pass on to 15 minutes of reading the Bible and then pray read the second to the last verse of my reading that the focus is on coming to him. So. uh, How to do it? it. It's a matter of of what works. What works with regard to this person, to coming to Him, um, uh, and and not to be tied into doing something, uh, carrying it out by routine, because the Lord, as a living person, is drawing us, and it's it's not a, a, a formula that just you rattle off and there you are, uh, with an exercise spirit. No, no. It's a matter of, uh, this, this person is, is living in you and wants to, he's drawing you. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to come to him. Um, you could do one thing one day and, uh, one thing another day. It's not, it's not about, uh, a particular practice. It's about the person. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, we need to come, come to this person, let this person talk to this person, converse with this person and, uh, not be stymied by, uh, a particular technique to employ. Forget about the technique. Focus on the person.
2: You know, uh, it's interesting, the the question, it says here, there are times where I feel happy and peaceful, but when I call on the Lord or pray read, or, or when I call on the Lord and pray read, but it doesn't work all the time. Well, <laughs> what do you want to work? I mean, what's the goal of it working? What do you think? Is it so that you feel happy and peaceful? I mean, is that, is that it or or, or, or what, you know? Um, I I just, I, I like to say again, I, I I'm, I'm, I, I <sighs> I think we need to ask the Lord, Lord, you need to show me what my spirit is. You need to give me a revelation to what my spirit is. Mm -hmm. And, and to show me, show me, give me the, the sight, the inner eyes to see, oh my, you are in my spirit and my spirit and your spirit are joined together. I mean, this is the, fact it's not it's not based upon whether you feel life and peace or so man your spirit and the lord's spirit are joined together i mean to tell you i i'm i've been in the recovery for almost 40 years I, i'm still discovering i don't just don't even know if i even how much i realize what my spirit is and and the 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 depths of of this mystery that God has mingled Himself with me in my spirit. i just—it's just—it blows my mind. I I, I I come back to this. I, I've said this before on this fireside chat. You know, the Bible shows us it's um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, uh, the it's it's a No, it's what's what is that? It, they they. Uh, it's value or how it evaluates the, the, the spirit, how it evaluates the human spirit. So Zechariah 12, one says, and he stretched forth the heavens and he formed the foundation of the earth a- a- and, he, and, it, and he formed the spirit of man within him. Okay, so that's the, that's the, that's the, the, the hierarchy, right? Of meaning, the heavens, the earth, and the spirit of man and it's like oh, so now get into the heavens let's talk about the heavens and you know some brothers recently have done such a marvelous job on explaining to us the unbelievable the unbelievable heavens i mean to tell you you look at the heavens and it's like I mean some some unbelieving scientists you know they just look at it and they're also in awe and their conclusion is man you're nothing you mean you are insignificant boy did they get it wrong in God's view the heavens is for the earth and the earth is for my spirit Amen. and uh, as, as so Okay, so the heavens. Wow, great, great heavens. Then the earth. Wow, what a place. The earth, the earth. You know what? The creation, brothers and sisters, is the wedding room. Is the wedding room. By our, our bridegroom, he made a wedding room. And you know, whenever you see something so marvelous in the creation, it's the creator saying, pucker up. Give me a kiss. That's that's what it is. And and so the the the, the crea- you know, when when you see the creation, how wonderful it is, then there is a response in your spirit, and that's where the reality of everything is, is God the reality of all is in your spirit. So I don't know if I'm doing any good of stirring up your, uh, your, your appreciation for your, your, your spirit, but I hope to dislodge some of your confidence that maybe you know what your spirit is. Oh my goodness, the, the, our spirit, my goodness, our spirit knows the things of God. It, it researches the things of God and reveals the things of God to us. So I love my spirit these days. I just love my spirit and I'm learning how to use it. And basically I use my spirit by praying and talking to the Lord for, for a long time. And I find that the more I talk to the Lord, the more I call on the Lord, the more it's easy. It's just, it's easy. It just blows it's just like and and calling on the lord and praying is like it's just like is as easy as breathing brothers and sisters the exercise of your spirit is as easy as breathing it just but anyway
4: so that's all i got to say the um to say that I have to agree with that it's as easy as breathing I um, have many times I have conversations with the Lord one um, very simple prayer I learned early in my Christian life is Lord Jesus I turn my heart to you and a lot of times I wouldn't feel anything yet I would, I would feel something I don't, I, don't how to, I don't know how to describe that I just felt you know that it's so that's, that's exactly what God was doing. I just, Lord, I turned my heart to you. I didn't, that wasn't a high feeling. or I didn't, um, the heavens didn't part. birds didn't sing. Yet brought my being my into communion, um, straightened out my being, and I was right with the Lord. Just say, Lord, I turned my heart to you. This is a simple conversation, a simple de- declaration, affirmation. Many times, I felt nothing, yet I knew that I had, I had touched the Lord. I don't know how to describe that. You didn't feel anything, yet you knew something. But that's our spirit. Um, and so uh, you know, when, I, when I went to, um, before I went to Vietnam, I had touched the recovery, and I knew a little bit about my spirit. Then when I was there, I hooked up with some uh, some brothers who were focused on the Navigators and discipleship. And all of a sudden, it all came about uh, memorizing and trying to figure out uh, what would Jesus do. And all of a sudden, what reality I did have in my spirit disappeared. But when I came back and began to touch the brothers and sisters in the church life again, all of a sudden, the reality of my spirit came back. So we, we, can, um, we can sometimes try to practice the outward Christian life, um, but not with the reality of our spirit. The, the simple conversations, just the other day, I was just jogging, and the Lord had a conversation with me. I didn't start it, he did. <laughs> but... Um, but a lot of times I'll have conversation with the Lord while I'm jogging or exercising or walking or someplace. Um, it's, 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 it's not doing something. Um, sometimes, you know, we, of course, we have many life practices in the church life that, that do work. Um, but they work by helping us touch the person, not a feeling. Help us touch the person. But as soon as we try to use those life practices to work to get a feeling or or something, then all of a sudden the reality of the Lord disappears. Yeah. It's not right. right, So, Lord, he will will help us. If If we talk to him, we will know he's listening. That's all I can say.
2: You know, uh, brothers, in this question, it says, okay, I've grown up in the church life, and I hear that as a, quote, prescription to my everyday problems that I have been through from secondary school to university. Uh, Okay, so I guess it's the exercise of our spirit is, is the... Is the quote prescription to our problems? I mean, brothers, what will you say to that? I mean, is that what our spirit is? Is a prescription to my problems for for my university? Or that, that's not that's not what our spirit is all about. You know, our spirit is is I mean, it's it, it just I mean, if the focus is that. Okay, I need something as a prescription to my problems. Man, <laughs> I, I just, you, you're in the wrong realm, man. I mean, it, that is, uh, your spirit is to join you to God. Amen. It's not to, to solve your problems. It's to, is to join you with the creator of the universe and to mingle with him and be blent with him. Uh, and that's gotta be your focus and goal, regardless of if you've got problems in, in university or grade school, your spirit's not for a prescription for that. And if that's what you're looking for, well, you're not gonna find it there, you know? And I think this is what the brothers are saying, you know, we just look at these these terms like Oh well, it doesn't work. It, you know, it doesn't give me life and peace. You know, oh, man, you're just you're just in the wrong wrong realm. Fully in the wrong realm, and you got to get out of there as a church kid. And you got to have transactions with the Lord and just tell him, man, I I don't whether I got problems or not. I just want to know you. And I don't know you that much. I've been raised in the church. I know all the kinds of things. I know all the doctrine, but I don't know you. And I want to know you. That's the kind of prayer you need to have. Forget about your problems. You need to know God, the God of the universe, the Lord Jesus, the resurrected living Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, so, that's what we're so burdened for, you know. Paul said, Paul said, I labor and I struggle over you that, that
3: Christ
2: could be formed in you. Wow. What a phrase. Paul was struggling and we're struggling that Christ would be formed in you all and you'd be delivered from all of these external things and that you would be brought to your bridegroom. Brought brought to Christ Himself, mm. man. Help us, Lord Jesus.
0: Amen. <laughs> so, uh, two things really quick. Uh, one is w- the the link that uh, Peter mentioned earlier to questions and appointments. We'll put that in the chat. Uh, The other thing, though, just quick follow up on this point, because uh, um, I was really helped by your by the response, because we, you know, we're we're being in other words, we're being redirected towards a person away from everything else. Uh, But can I just ask as a follow up? what would you just say to someone who feels like their problems are preventing them from contacting this person? So they want to contact this person and they want to exercise their spirit positively, but they feel that, you know, there's a lot of obstacles in the way. And you know, that may be anxiety that might be, you know, uh, Sometimes just feeling depressed, uh, besetting sins, all kinds of stuff, you know, and it just seems like it just keeps getting in the way of contacting this person. So I just quick follow up.
3: Well, I, I mean, I, I would, I would, uh, I would say that uh, they need, they should become conscious of those issues and write them down, or have them in mind, and then one by one, open this up to the Lord. Um, uh, and, uh, they need to become cognizant of what, uh, you know, a lot of times we're just overwhelmed with, with issues, uh, problems they need to, uh, consider what it is detailed be specific be specific with the lord not in a general way lord gosh you know i'm just got a lot of stuff going on i wanna i wanna open to you and gain you well let's let's break that down and 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 bring these matters in detail to the lord not in a general way but in a specific way and 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 confess to the lord what's going on he knows, the Lord knows, the Lord knows where we are. And you're simply agreeing with, with the Lord here. But you need to do it in a, in a, in a detailed way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a process. It's an iterative process. It's not something, okay, I'm going to do it uh, in the next five minutes. And no, this is, this is an iterative process. But the goal is still to restore the fellowship that you have, that you can have with the Lord and even with the other believers.
4: Man, just the the act of the conversation. Remember the Lord's um, interaction with um, the blind man. What would you have me do? Lord, I want to see. So Lord knows our need, but we need to express to him, Lord, I have this, this issue. Lord, I don't know how to touch you for this reason. Or, Lord, this particular matter is blocking my my ability to meet you, to find you. Um, maybe maybe it's, uh, it's a financial problem. Maybe you're too busy at work. Um, Maybe maybe somebody's bothering you. Um, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a personality issue. Uh, maybe it's a uh, trouble in troubling your, your soul. It could be many, many things, but open them up to the Lord one by one. He is the friend of sinners. We are sinners. <laughs> On one hand, we're, we're, we're washed in the blood of the Lamb. But at the same time, our nature, our being, is is... That's why we need the sin offering every day, because our nature is sin. And so there are things in our being just hinder. And these things, maybe it's our disposition, but these things eventually we need need to talk to the Lord. Conversations with the Lord. All I can say is over the years, I've had so many conversations with the Lord about so many different things. So many unusual, odd places on so many unusual and odd topics. All I can say is he understands, he knows, and he listens. He loves us, and he doesn't—he doesn't think any the less of us for us telling him what our problem is. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Yeah, I, I
2: also would just like to um, uh, say that. Uh, okay, you said, to Nathaniel, you know, I've got these problems. I got these problems, and and I can't contact the Lord because I've I've got these problems and problems and problems, you know, and well, okay. So first of all, we have to come back to the word and we need to stand on the word that the Lord has removed all the problems through his death on the cross, especially concerning sin, uh, concerning our sinful nature uh, through his redemption, we have been redeemed. And we we need to understand this. We need to have an understanding about this, and we need to believe it. Regardless of what, I believe I have been redeemed. I believe it. I believe in the blood. That solves a lot of problems. First. Amen. Okay. Okay. Then, then you know, I'd just like to uh, turn you all to this little booklet. It, it's helped me so much through my, through through my life. I oh, and I I always share this with the new new believers that I've that I've uh, that that um, I've preached the gospel to. Uh and the assurance. What is it? The the assurance and joy, assurance, security, and joy of salvation. Uh, the, yeah, this it, it, assurance, security, and joy of salvation and. If you go about oh I don't know maybe two thirds through the booklet, there's a little sub subtitle called "Loss of Joy," loss of joy. Oh, what's that all about? And uh, and 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 uh, you know it, 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 the 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 this little booklet is so clear that you know our salvation is like just like a, a, a is like. A, is like the rock, is like the rock of Jerbalter, but joy is like a delicate flower which easily is upset by a little breeze. And then he sets forth four things how to maintain our joy. And first thing is confessing our sins. This is big. I didn't learn how to do this. My goodness, almost... I bet it was like eight years until after I was saved that I discovered the secret of confessing my sin and acknowledging my sin. I, Psalm thirty-two five, well, exactly Psalm thirty-two, the whole the whole chapter there. I acknowledged my sin before you. I acknowledged it. I did not hide my transgression. I said, I said, I will confess my sin to Jehovah. And then, and then you forgave me. You forgave me the, the iniquity of my transgression, something like that. Then did I learn the freedom, the, of the, the secret of regaining my joy by confessing my sin, I still say that. I did the other day, man. I sinned real bad, and I was out, man. My joy was gone. And I mean, oh, I was so bad and so dead. And man, I just come back. I don't try to do anything. I just come back. I just admit what I did, and not try to. I do not justify myself in any way i acknowledge my sin before you and i ask you to forgive me and just exercising myself in this way of confessing my sin brothers and sisters you want to restore joy just try it just try just confessing your sin okay then the second thing of of maintaining our joy is to take the word of God as our food oh man I just I just you know oh I don't know this is the source of my that little the holy word for morning revival is my food and my joy and I every day I find God's words there and I eat them in and they become in me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. And third, uh, we, we need to pray to the Lord and, and we need to speak to the Lord. And, uh, and, and, you know, Isaiah 56, 7 says, he will cause us to rejoice in his house of prayer. How about that? So then in, in John 15, he says, The Lord says, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be made full. Now, this is great. And then finally, the third, fourth step is that we need to fellowship. We need to fellowship with the brothers and sisters. We need to be in the fellowship. I mean, have you been out of the meetings like for forever? And you say, oh, I don't have the joy of the Lord. Well, of course you don't have the joy of the Lord, man. You can't maintain joy as a as an uh, just as an individual you need the flock man you need the other sheep so we can enjoy the lord together you know so the saints yeah the, we've all testified you know sometimes we lost god where did god go oh my goodness and then we come to the meeting we just bring our dead body to the meeting and we sit down in the meeting and almost just without consciousness or or you know how it happens it just you find yourself oh i'm back (laughs) i'm back in the enjoyment with the saints so i know there's a lot of other problems you know like depression and stuff like that i mean we have to deal with sometimes it's a physical thing that we have to deal with but in general this is the way to maintain
0: our joy. Amen.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, brothers. Y'all, uh, you're really uh, rolling with the punches tonight. We appreciate that. Um, so uh, this next question actually is, again, is actually related. And I'll start directing to, to Brother Ken. What do you do after a serious failure or sin? Sometimes I feel hopeless and that the Lord can't use me anymore or that I can never serve him, even to the point of despairing of living. How can I recover and become an overcomer?
4: Oh, Lord. Um, I know you're feeling um, and I'll get to that a little bit feeling of being feeling hopeless and not useful to the Lord after, after a failure um, and uh, I've been in that situation uh, and uh, let me I'm going I'm to first start with a few few principles and let uh, me give a personal example um, without all the details uh, but you've got David. And we'll, we'll come back to David. You've got David in the Old Testament who had a major failure. Uh, then you have Peter in the New Testament who denied the Lord. I mean, and he did, you know, he'd already heard the Lord said, if you deny me, then I'll deny you. Uh, you know, then Peter went ahead and denied the Lord. Now now, what, now what's he going to do? Well, the Lord said, who help Peter? Who help Peter? So, so, the Lord personally shepherded Peter, and then we got Paul, who got himself in a real pickle. Um, when he went to take a vow, he got he let James and the, and the group of the Ju- Judaizers in Jerusalem talk him into taking a vow, and he was in the process of, of fulfilling a Ju- Judaistic vow, which he should, which he knows he should have never done. The Lord had to work a miracle, create a disturbance, and get him out of there before he completed the vow. Um, so then, Lord shepherded him away, prison. He could finish the New Testament, most of it there. Um, so these are just some examples of of, of the some of the ma- major servants of the Lord, some of the failures they had. Now let's look at David's situation a little bit more detail here. Um, in uh, Matthew 1, 6, Jesse begot David, king, and David begot Solomon of her who had been the wife of Uriah. So that was his failure. Uh, he, he committed murder. He committed murder and adultery. Okay? Well, not many of us not many of us have done that. Um, I, um, but then here's what this foot in the footnote really says, and I'll, I'll dwell on this a little bit. Uh, when David was condemned, he repented. Psalm 51 is the record of his repentance. He repented and God forgave him. He begot Solomon. And solemn is the issue of man's transgression, repentance plus God's forgiveness. Now, our brother Ron has had ministry on this you know, several times, and he takes he points out the body is built, the, the temple was built because of man's failure, man's repentance, and God's forgiveness. And those who really, truly ministers of the Lord. Lord can use to minister. To use the build to build the body, or those who have known failure, known repentance, known the Lord's forgiveness. And those three make or what builds the body. If we've never um, failed, then uh, we don't really know the depth and power of the Lord's forgiveness. Um Ron pointed out, he said, sometimes he said, you, will, you will actually wind up doing the thing. The brothers will shake their head and wonder, what what did you do? How did you possibly do that? Um, I, I actually had one of those situations myself. Um, it, was, it wasn't sinful. It was being stupid. Okay. <laughs> and I remember leaning up against the wall, talking to a brother on the phone. And I telling him, you know, I realize now my service is over. You know, seriously. What I thought, my service, service of the Lord is over. So his Response was, "This was certainly so. This was certainly so." And so he would wanted to shepherd me back in the service. Help me get back. Again, it wasn't sinful, but it was very stupid. The point is, we need to know the power. Depth of the Lord's forgiveness. And realize that when we have a failure, Lord, he, he doesn't, He doesn't tell us to fail, but He does allow, He allows our failures. He allows things to happen. So we have to get to know Him in the, in the depth of this way. So I would just say, brother or sister, regardless of the failure, Lord, forgive this is much broader much greater uh, than, than that failure uh, and we just need to realize that he he is the he is just this, this is who he is he will build his body he doesn't build it doesn't build it with perfect perfect human specimens that have never failed he builds it with broken reeds okay and and. Reeds and, 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 and smoking flax. That's what he built the body with. Smoking reeds and smoking flax. But then he, he's the one who pours in the oil and wine.
3: Yeah. He
4: pours yeah. in the, um, the, the healing balm and, 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 and brings us, brings us, restores us himself. So we just need—we need to know. We need to know the power and depth of His forgiveness, that we should never take the enemy's lie and the enemy's condemnation. I think we may have mentioned this verse before, but uh, in Micah, it gives Micah 7:8. Joyce not against me, enemy, oh my! joy not against me, O oh my enemy! When I fall, I will rise again. That may be the King James version, but anyway. The point is, when we fall, the enemy will try to accuse us. We need to realize the depth of the, the, the Lord's forgiveness, how much he loves us, how much he cares for his body. He doesn't discard any of us. The Lord is not in the business of discarding us. He's in the business of restoring us, healing us, bringing us back, and using our failure to strengthen us for his for his for his building for the sake of his building so i would just say um uh, how can i recover become an overcomer say lord i want you lord i need you lord strengthen me lord thank you for this thank you for your forgiveness so Revelation um, Revelation twelve eleven, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. The word of their testimony. That's that's the overcomer. The blood of the Lamb and the Word of their testimony. Amen. And that's you know the, the, the that's that's the way we overcome. We overcome. He yeah. you didn't he didn't say they overcame him because they were were victorious day by day and never failed. He overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So we need, we cannot get by. We cannot get through without the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony is the victory of Christ. So it's his victory and his blood, not nothing of us, not nothing of us. We just, we just acknowledge we're, we're sinful. Our nature is sin, but there's the a one in us is Is the resurrection life, the one in us that is renewing our mind and transforming us day by day, and and causing us? So, so it's when we fail like this, and we realize, Lord, I love you because you love me. But I thank you, Lord, the love you have. So we can just so, so we become an overcomer by loving Him all the more spite of our failure so their sister don't keep the lie of the enemy don't keep the lie of the enemy any failure has wiped you out in the corinthians i don't have the verse here but uh, but but such were some of you and it gives a whole list of ones that paul talks to who were in the church who were in the church in corinth and such were some of you that you were washed so again, the whole list of the defiling situations. So brothers and sisters, um, Lord's forgiveness is uh, unimaginable. As far as the east is from the west, and we just need to trust that He loves us and He wants us to pursue Him, and His heart is always good towards us. The Lord's heart. Is always good towards us. Regardless of our failure, his heart is good towards us. Amen. Amen.
2: Brothers, I'd just like to come back to the question again, just to read the first part. Uh, What do you do after a serious (laughs) failure or sin? What do you do? Okay. Well, the first thing you need to do is repent (laughs) that's the first thing you need to do is repent and you need to um you 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 need to confess your sin thoroughly thoroughly and it's really helpful to use psalm uh, 51 just pray it to the lord you know i mean psalm 51 is just great i mean i mean come on man i mean the guy just committed murder and adultery that's david and this is his repentance for murder and adultery. And so the feeling is so, you know, I don't know, whoever this is, this big failure, you know, did you commit murder and adultery? Anyway, he says, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassions, blot up my transgressions. And then he can sense his feeling, oh Lord, wash me thoroughly from my Amen. iniquity, from my sin, cleanse me, for I do know my transgressions, and my sin is forever is ever before is before mm. me continually. Man,, oh, I experienced this so many times I've made such a stupid mistake. I did such a sin. And it's like it just sits there and on display before me and before God. Mm-hmm. And so then he says, against you and a you alone have I sinned. Yes, indeed, I have sinned against you. And I have done what is evil in your sight. I like this. I like all of these phrases. I have done what is evil in your sight. We need to talk to the Lord like this. And and we we need to thoroughly admit to the Lord what we have done. And then we need to say this, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin amen forgive me you need to ask for forgiveness yeah. and then after you have have confessed to the lord thoroughly you need to stand upon the fact that the precious blood has washed you and washes your sin away and the lord forgives you of your sin you have to stand on this fact of course the devil's not going to leave you alone so he's going to come and lie to you and say, you're not, you're not good enough. Okay. Then I would say this. All right. Sometimes I feel hopeless and the Lord cannot use me anymore. Well, I, I don't think you failed enough yet. I think this person needs to fail a little bit more because, because once you, you're gonna realize you are hopeless. It's not that you feel hopeless. You are hopeless. And until you have the real of the realization, subjective realization of your total hopelessness, oh man. Then you can start to enjoy God's grace. And then you can start to be used by the Lord. I'm telling you, without failure, you can't be used you can't serve you can't serve without failure man just look at look at peter what a failure i mean wow it's so good we got these failures recorded in the bible i mean can you imagine if i mean peter's failure my goodness he just right in the lord's presence he denied him to his face with cursing I mean what is that how could he ever face the Lord again it's it's over I'll never serve the Lord it's over <laughs> and then the Lord comes to you in that condition and makes you breakfast and says do you love me <laughs> I mean to tell you the Lord, and once you experience the Lord's love and forgiveness when you're down there, now that is something. Uh, you begin to understand something. You begin to understand. And so I would recommend to you the chapter six of the book. Uh, let's see, what's it called? It's called God's Need and God's Goal, chapter six Failures Enabling Man to Experience More of God. Amen. And it is a precious chapter that just puts failures in total perspective. And that without it, there is no way that we can go on with the Lord. Look at Paul. Paul, I mean, I mean, murdering the saints. Pursuing the saints, persecuting the saints. Well, you can say, wow, that was before he was saved. Well, so what? Paul had this realization this sin really weighed on him so he would always refer to himself as the less than the least of all the saints i am less than the least of all the saints so it's good to have this kind of failure of this feeling not just feeling of hopelessness you realize you are hopeless then this matter of this of despairing uh To the point of, of, even to the point of despairing of living. Well, that's just the devil. You you need to tell the devil to shut up and remind him of his destiny in the lake of fire. You know, so, uh, and and so you overcome the devil. You overcome, that's how you be an overcomer. Number one, confess your sin and apply the blood of the lamb and then stand upon the word, and even declare the word as the word of your testimony, and don't love your soul life, and then you'll be an overcomer.
1: Man, I remember Peter, Brother Mark, would you like to add anything to that? Well, just, just to echo
3: what the brothers, what the brothers have said, uh, we need to acknowledge our sin. The Lord knows, uh, and he's, he's waiting. He's, he's ready to forgive, but we have to acknowledge it and ask for the forgiveness that the Lord is so keen on giving us because he wants to restore that relationship he, he has with us.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, amen. But step one, we have to acknowledge it before him. Yeah.
1: Amen. And then, bro, Mike, well, I I just felt I've heard the good news again tonight. So (laughs) just very encouraging, very supplying. Thank you, Lord. Our God is in the recovery business.